Morning Liberty. So, question for you real quick. Kind of a more serious one, Charlie. If you could go back in time, just say there's a time machine in Venom right now, and you could either go to the day Hitler was born or the day that Stalin was born, which one would you choose? What am I going to do? Um, and how old am I when they're born? You are... 20, same age? You're 20, I mean, you're, time machine. You're the same age, yeah. You're the age you were when you went through the time machine. Okay. Yeah. So I'm still... I'm 30. So you got the choice right then to do whatever you want to do. I'm 30, and I could go back to when they were born. Yeah. Which one? Which one would you do, yeah. And you're... Like, you're going to where they were born also, not just when. Then I know who they are. You know who what they're going to do. I know what they're going to do. Yeah. Wow. I feel like what do you think? I feel like I'll get in trouble if I answer this question. Would you? You got to... I'm, I'm putting the question on you. You got to pick one of them. Um, let's see. They, they probably weren't born that far apart. <laughs> so you think maybe you can stay there and uh, go both? Get both? Go, yeah, that's a pretty good answer, actually. <laughs> well, I hadn't considered that possibility. Well, I, I had to look at their birth dates. I think yeah. Hitler was probably younger, but I, I honestly would think just my first answer would have to be Stalin because he killed more people. Yeah, but I mean, Lenin wasn't a saint either. No. So he's the one that kind of ran the the Red Guard, the revolution, and he was the first mass murderer. Lenin's the one that established the gulags and all that, right? But Stalin just made it infinitely worse. So yeah, um, I honestly, it, that's a really hard question. That's that's what it is. But I say both. I like the both answer. It's actually pretty good. Because if I take out Stalin, I probably have enough time. I'm only thirty, so. You know, Stalin, Stalin came into power. Well, let's see. Actually, they might have been pretty close in age because Hitler and Stalin kind of ran things during World War II. And they were allies until Hitler decided to invade Russia. Well, um, so Stalin was born in 1878. Okay. So keep that in mind. Okay, 1878. Um, 1878, and then we'll just see uh, when Hitler was born, 1889. Okay. So you could go for like when Hitler was born and have to also contend with killing an 11 or 12-year-old Stalin, you know, uh, I would say. Yeah. Or you could go back and get Stalin and then also, and then just go find Hitler's mom possibly just depends on what year you want to go back to i wonder so, i wonder if you could like teach these boys about responsibility so you think maybe don't kill them you're going to teach them I, I don't know yeah maybe bring them like a ron paul book or something like that for them to read right from the future yeah jordan or, jordan peterson's 12 rules for life yeah maybe i could bring them something that says hey like it's not good to like murder millions of people yeah but i don't i mean would they listen to that? I, I don't know. know. I don't know. I don't That's, know. I was just, is... I was thinking about that on the, uh, on the way into the room today. Like what, what would I do? 
I wonder what everybody else out there would do. Yeah. What about Mao? China. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Pretty bad. Maduro in Venezuela. Yeah. Not like, as bad yet. No. Not as bad yet. But we live so. right now in a current time where. True. You know. So you're saying that you want to go kill someone right now. No. Oh. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> just make. No. I just wanted to clarify that. Right. <laughs> just wanted to clarify. We don't edit these podcasts. We may have to edit no. that. <laughs> nah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Google's not. Uh, Google's not going to let us run ads anyway. So that's true. What we got a, denied. That's so crazy to me yeah. that uh, we didn't follow what their guidelines, their terms and conditions. Hmm. So hmm. Uh, they crawled our page and they'll search for keywords and decided that we were not fit to. Uh, monetize our website using Google ads. Is that because we have a Bernie lies.com? It's, it, it could be. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't specifically say Bernie Sanders lies. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. The articles say Bernie Sanders. Yeah. BS. A lot of them. A lot of them say that. That's uh, I just something tells me that there's worse websites out there, you know? Right. Way worse that have Google AdSense on them. I bet I could find like a Trump website like right now. Someone, you know, basically talking about how terrible Donald Trump is. I bet you they got some kind of ads on there. Probably. Yeah. Like Vox or Slate. Well, those or are. some of those. Well, they're credible journalists. Yeah, exactly. Of course they are. Yeah. For sure. Did, wasn't Slate and Vox, didn't they both praise Venezuela about back in oh, 2013? Yeah. yeah, I actually pulled, I posted one of the articles on our page the other day when they were talking about, uh, they were talking about the miracle that was being pulled off in Venezuela. And this was in 2013. Yeah. So. Kind of, well, like there, Cuba has free healthcare. They do. Yeah. Nice. Didn't know that. I went to Cuba not that long ago and uh, about two years ago. When, we, when you could still go, I think Trump closed it now because there were some weird things happening at the embassy. So they said, but I went there on a cruise and I went to uh, Havana or Havana, <laughs> however you want to say it. And, um, we were there for a couple of days and the culture was pretty cool. Everybody was pretty nice, but I found it was very interesting that they were literally stuck like in the fifties and sixties, not just the cars. I mean, the buildings, people's clothes, yeah, the streets, <clears throat> There wasn't much innovation since the 50s and the 60s. So you're saying they had a time machine. It looks like, like if you yeah. go to Havana, it looks like you go to in a time machine. And I learned some things like, I guess the mob, like the mafia ran Cuba back in the 50s and 60s and 70s, I think. And they built like these really nice hotels. I mean, the architecture is still really cool. Um, obviously, the weather's great. We didn't end up going to the beach, although I think there's a cool beach you can go to. Uh, the food was good. Um, most of the people we encountered were nice. The 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 border patrol people were kind of snarky. Yeah. You know, like, oh, look at all these Americans, <clears throat> all these, you know. Tourists. Tourist privileged people coming in here. Yeah. But uh, they were happy to take our money. Uh, everything caught, like it cost money to go in. And um, they, we didn't get a very good exchange rate, and that's fine, but. The craziest thing I found out about was that physicians, a doctor. So healthcare is free there, by the way. But if you're a doctor, you get you get a free house, like 600 square foot. Nice. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and you make twenty dollars a month. Mm. A month. 
You know what the best job in Cuba is besides being in government? Um, drug dealer. That's possible. That's a good yeah. answer. The the most legit job though, without getting in trouble. Mm, that would be and government not, somewhere. Not being in government. Yeah. I don't know. Is uh being a tour guide, okay. a tourist guide. So we took this bus tour and there were probably, I don't know, 40 people on it. They took us around a couple different sites. We got to see like this, uh, castle bunker type thing that the government built for the, the missile crisis. We got to see the old missile silos and a bunch of cool stuff. And when we got done, I mean, everybody was given our tour guide between five and $20 tips, everyone like, and that was, I don't know, his third or fourth tour that day. He's probably making a thousand dollars a day, a day. Wow. American money. Now I'm not sure what the government confiscates from that, but it's like, you could go be a doctor in Cuba and make $20 yeah. a month. You get to you, work 50 years to make that much money. Right. Right. You get $20 a month, but you get, not you that, know, not that much. You get like free 50 months. You get free rice and, uh, and you get a, a kind of a roof because a lot of the buildings are pretty shot there. But, but, um, you know, you'd be a tour guide on a bus with all these privileged people coming into your country and you make a thousand dollars a day. Huh? It was at least a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I swear I saw more. I even saw one couple give this guy a hundred dollars. Like, so at least a couple hundred, probably 500 to a thousand dollars is what he was making. How much did everything like cost? Like, can you pay? I mean, you say the doctor is making 20 bucks a month. So like, can you afford food for that much? I, you know, we didn't have local prices. Yeah. So as tourists, you guys know anywhere you go, you know, there's no local prices. You're paying the tourist price. Yeah. For everything. It doesn't matter where you go. Your your water's five dollars. Mm-hmm. Downtown um, Nashville. Yes. You know. <laughs> you pay tourist prices. There's no when I went to Peru, it was the same kind of thing. Uh luckily we had a local person there who was able to get us some local prices, but when we were on our own, it was all they mark everything up. Because they know these people got a lot more money. Well, that's free market, right? Yeah. Like, hey, these people are willing to give me more value for what I'm providing to them in this economy. So I don't know. I think, like I said, I think the doctors get free food like rice, but the good news is healthcare is free there. Good. So if I were to get hurt, God, I saw these hospitals too. You guys should see these pictures. Pretty (laughs) terrible, huh? Oh man. Now there was a nice area of Havana. It was all gated off. Um, Some nice houses and stuff. Yeah. All gated. But most of the, most of the buildings and everything pretty run down. It's really crazy to to think about the wage difference like that. That what well, we were talking about, we started off talking about communism and fascism, really, between Stalin and Hitler. And so you we went to Venezuela and then obviously Cuba, which is still a, a socialist state. And you think about these places that are just stuck in time and the, you talk about stagnant wages, like, thank God you live in America <laughs> because, Absolutely. because if you had, if you lived in Cuba, your stagnant wage for a physician would be $20 a month and your best job, your best bet is to quit being a doctor and save trying to save people's lives in your rundown hospital and, uh, go be a tour guide and tell all these people about your, your country. So what do you think people like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and all those other, you know, all those people in the alt left when they go to, uh, (laughs) 
when they go to places like Cuba and all these places, like, what do you think they're like, oh yeah, free health? You think they're like noticing how terrible everything is or they're just like, oh yeah, free good, you know? Well, I don't, I don't know, but if you look at, so one thing Bernie says all the time is we're the only industrialized nation, right? That, that, yeah. that doesn't have free healthcare. And so what I'm thinking about, there was a recent article um, about the UK having physician shortages after their I saw that after their uh, tax was passed on the on the super rich, which included a lot of doctors. And what did doctors decide to do? Well, we're just going to close up shop. Yeah. And so there's thousands now, thousands of physicians in the UK that are closing up shop. And you have to think. I, I wonder these policies. I've always said. I think I've. I've always said if America went socialist, we could probably last for like uh, 30 to 40, maybe 50 years because we're so rich. Yeah. Like we're literally so rich. Venezuela lasted for 10 years, about 10 years. And everybody was as happy as they could possibly be. Uh, The problem is, and I'm sure you guys have heard this everywhere. The problem always is eventually you run out of other people's money. So you can you can thrive and have all these great things for a certain period of time, but then eventually it collapses in on itself because there's nothing new being gained. There's nothing new being created. That's one thing capitalism does. It actually creates wealth. It's the only system that actually creates wealth. Everything else just takes from it. Mm-hmm. It just takes it and spreads it all out, you know? So like socialism's like this big glass of water and you got now you got a million other glasses that need filled up and you're just going to take this this is our creation we're going to spread it out evenly between everyone and then you're out and then and then that's it the thing with capitalism is just a, a never-ending faucet just keeps going you know it's a keeps replenishing itself all if, the time if you get low you raise prices a little bit yeah but that now way you can serve it on the uh the idea that we would make 40 or 50 years under socialism i actually would have a the one thing I would say about that is if uh, if just say someone like Bernie Sanders was elected, like a real hard uh, leftist like that, um, I do think we'd have a stock market crash immediately. Uh, I think we would uh, probably plunge into a recession slash depression really quickly because everyone who has money in the stock market would immediately think, Okay, this is uh, this is the highest it's ever going to go. So I'm going to take my money out right now. So if Bernie has a legit shot next year, you're you're going to short it. Short everything. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Get as much money as you possibly can and short the market. Okay. Absolutely. We'll um, have to see what the numbers are next year. Yeah, we'll have to take a look at that if it if it keeps going up and see how the uh, the thing is. A lot of times the uh, the stock market it'll be what they call baked in, cooked in, whatever. So. When we get to the election, if it's pretty clear that Trump isn't going to win the election, then probably the loss is already baked into the numbers, meaning that we, as, and this is kind of a bad effect, you know, for someone like Trump that you would see, is if it starts to look like there's not a great chance he's going to win, say six, seven, eight months before beforehand, people will start pulling their money out, which will cause the stock market to continue declining and declining, which will probably raise the, uh, raise the chances of him losing because what he's running on has a lot to do with the economy. So it would kind of be a, like a bad circle, a vicious circle right there where the idea that he's going to lose can cause a stock market decline and the stock market 
decline can raise the odds that he's going to lose. So it's a could actually get pretty bad uh, pretty quickly before the election, which is what we saw with um, with uh, McCain and Obama. Um, it was a few months before the election. I think people could kind of see, you know, I think we're going to have a Democrat, a high tax Democrat, come into office here. Um, we've been doing pretty good on this whole housing thing, but it's time to pull out all the money, like uh, ASAP. We got to get this money. This is the most we're ever going to have. And then we uh, obviously a million other reasons, but we had a stock market crash uh, a few months before the election, and then they said that that sealed the deal right there. There, you know, Obama was going to win because if the Republicans were going to run on anything. It would be stock market, robust economy, things like this. So a uh, stock market crash before the election almost seals the deal for Democrats. It started, time. yeah, it did start. Yeah. It started declining in July of 2008, wasn't it? Yeah. And then it, it, it officially, like the big crash happened. I'd have to look at it, but it's a month or two before the election. I think the big it was crash September. Happened. Yeah. It, it was pretty close. It's so, pretty bad. It's pretty bad. <laughs> but, um, well, I'm glad that we could have that conversation about time travel. You know, I know. That's, uh, that just made you think of Cuba, I guess. Dude, right? one time you and I sat down at a table with a piece of paper, a couple of pencils, and we were like, we're going to figure out time travel <laughs> we, right now. We did. We decided <laughs> that we were going to figure out how it was possible with a pen and paper. And honestly, we came to a pretty good conclusion because, yeah. because if, well, let's say there's probably no way to travel back in time. Yeah. Because the universe is always expanding. But it's possible you can't go forward in time. Maybe. If it were possible to travel through time, I think it would have to be forward. Right. And so we figured out, like, I mean, we figured out that if you could ha- take a plane and fly it fast enough around the world. Yeah. So many times that when you land, you would be younger than everybody else around you. Let's test that. Yeah. We need a plane that goes fast enough. Yeah, speed, we do. Speed of light. Maybe Elon Musk can help us out with that. Right. Speaking of fast planes, we went to that uh, air show, saw the Blue Angels last weekend. We did. This weekend. How American is that? So American. That's Man. Full of liberty. I I felt like my, my uh, the, the <sighs> level of Americanism inside of me uh, watching those planes do it. I mean, it's amazing what they can do. They fly. They did one formation where they were eighteen, and they fly F eighteen. So, um, they did one formation where they were eighteen inches apart. Eighteen inches. Four planes, all eighteen inches from each other's wings. You know, you can't even get that close at an eighth grade dance. It's no, no, no. There's no. They. You know. You know just as well as I do that they take around that ruler and they make sure that you don't get close. That for sure. It's crazy. But. I mean, it was so cool to see that, you know, that we saw all kinds of World War II planes. We saw the Blue Angels, uh, kind of a big deal here uh, in Tennessee because one of the uh, the Blue Angels died actually um, practicing for the air show a few years ago here, right. here in Tennessee. Captain so Jeff Cuss. They, uh, they have a big uh, memorial over there for him cl- uh, close to the airport where it happened. And uh, this was their first time back here doing the air show since that. Right, so pretty pretty big deal. It was a good time. I went to CMA Fest. I saw um, I saw Carrie Underwood, Eric Church, uh, Dan and Shay, Thomas Rhett, uh, Little Big Town, Jody Messina. Um, th- that that's about it. I think that's all I saw. 
a lot of crazy stuff happening in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Bonnaroo is going on. There's, I mean, it's like is that going on right now? And if the Preds were still in the in the final Stanley Cup final, we would have the Stanley Cup final. So like, literally everything happens the same week of June. That would be nuts. Yes, man. But so we're gonna do a little bit of uh, a new segment called uh, what we uh, run Trump stop Trump. Yes, is that what's gonna be called? Yes, like Forrest Gump. Yeah. So run stop run, <laughs> run Trump stop Trump is uh, what this is. So which one do you want to go with first? Well, let's explain it for okay. everybody. So if if Trump is doing something good, then we're going to say run Trump. Run Trump, right? run. Keep running. Yeah. And if uh, if Trump does something bad, not good, it's the opposite of good. Okay. Um, or maybe good's the opposite of bad because we don't know what do <laughs> what those words mean. Yeah. But <laughs> if Trump does something that's not good for liberty, let's say that. Yeah. So if Trump does something good for liberty, it's run, Trump, run. Trump does something bad for liberty, it's stop Trump. Stop the Trump train. Yeah. <laughs> put, so the, uh, <laughs> put the brakes off. Well, the brakes. The, uh, the run Trump, I'll say the good one. So um, it was actually while we were at the air show, I saw this come across on my news feed. Uh, that he, uh, they signed um, the, what is it, right to try? is what, what they call that. Yes. Um, so basically what happens in these drug trials is uh, a lot of drugs going through the FDA process. This is about, you know, about $1 billion into the process. They get to uh, the time when they're actually going to test and see whether or not the the drug will work for what it says it's going to work for and uh, whether or not it will have adverse side effects it's that, about a billion dollars in five years yeah yeah so it's um they get to that point and then a lot of drugs don't make it through that point um so what they're what they're doing now is that if you are a uh if you're a terminal patient um you now can take medicine that has not been that has not gone all the way through the fda approval process you can now try an experimental medication for uh, a, a lot of different ailments. I saw ALS on there, saw can- some cancer treatments on there, different different things like that. So um, it's pretty, uh, it's a good thing that that's allowed. It's a little crazy that it wasn't already allowed, uh, I would say. It doesn't make much sense. Yeah, but. I mean, if you're going to die, why can't you just try anything possible not to die? Yeah, I, I feel like you should have the right to try actually yeah wow. <laughs> i feel like okay i'm really glad that the government was nice enough to give human beings the right to try that's so good that's so nice of them to do that you know uh i it's it's that's a win that's a win for liberty it should have never been taken away anyway no no it shouldn't have it, it's it's a crazy concept to think that the government can control what you can and put what you can and cannot put into your body and even if maybe even if you're not terminally ill, then there's a lot of things that you shouldn't do. Um, but it's, it's yourself. So yeah. Why wouldn't you be able to try something like, I don't know, say you want to lose a bunch of weight or something and you find it difficult to do. Why, why do you have to take FDA approved food? Yeah. Why can't you just, uh, try something new that they're, that they're putting out there in the market, you know, that might be dangerous, but you know, the risk. Well, I think everybody, so, the, the backlash we're going to receive is, well, you know, how do we know it's safe? 
my my contention with that is people die all the time from FDA approved stuff. Absolutely. All the time. You know, we have a pretty big drug addiction uh, epidemic going on right now with a, a lot of people dying every year. All um, approved by the FDA. All approved. All FDA approved medications. There are more people dying every year from FDA approved medications than there are from gunshot wounds. So it's a it's it's a pretty crazy idea uh, that you're not allowed to take something if you know the risk that you're not allowed to take it. And also, um, I don't know... Uh, for sure that a company would want to release a medication that's going to kill a lot of its customers, uh, you know, uh, other than maybe a cigarette manufacturer, you know, it might be about it. Um, but you're not going to make a lot of money if your product immediately starts killing your customer, you know, that maybe you'll make it through a few thousand, something like that, make a quick buck. But there's no way that you're going to create a sustainable business model by killing your customers after they take your product. Because if you're dead, it's hard to spend money. Exactly. Exactly. Well, think about today's day and age, too. So uh, this argument could have some merit to it maybe back in the 50s, let's say. But in today's day and age, like everything you do is reviewed, right? Everything like you can go on Google. Thank you, Amazon, by the way. Right. Amazon. First ones to do it. Yes. And that everything, like literally everything has a review on it. And you like, I don't know about you guys, but if I go to buy something or if I'm looking to get my car repaired or I actually, I did it today, today I needed some bug work done. And I looked on Google and I found the company that had the most reviews that had the highest star rating. Something wrong with your bugs? Yeah. Yeah. There's too many of them. Too many of them. Yes. (laughs) There's like, they're just ants. Yeah. Have you thought about maybe putting up a wall around your house? Well, I, I did already. Okay. Yeah. Huh. They're still getting in. Wow. It's crazy. That is a terrible analogy, by the way. <laughs> in no way, shape, or form are we likening bugs to anything else that you might be thinking of right now right. at all. Right. They're not the same thing. They're not ants. No. No. Not at all. Some, I mean, could be uncles, you know? <laughs> could, could very There's well There's no be. way of knowing. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, right to try. That's a good thing. Right. That's a run, Trump, run. That's right a run there. Trump run. What's uh I'll go with the stop Trump. Okay. Um and for all you people out there who just like Trump can do no wrong, I want you to just think about this for a second objectively. Now, the one thing, and this could probably take the rest of the discussion, the stop Trump stop, pump the brakes, has to be on tariffs. It's getting out of control. Now I know all of you out there are going to be like, well, he just won with Mexico because he threatened tariffs and they were going to go through with it. And then Mexico agreed to whatever the terms were. That's one. That's one thing. The problem, the biggest problem is with China. And we can talk about trade deficits. We can talk about all kinds of things. But tariffs are nothing but a tax on you. Like yeah. it's, it's money out of your pocket. Because what happens is China makes something for $10. They sell it to Walmart for $11. Walmart sells it to you for $12.50. So, it, so China still makes a dollar. Yeah. Walmart makes a dollar fifty and you pay twelve fifty. If there's a 20, let's do let's do easy math. If there's a 10% tariff on that. China still makes it for $10. China sells it to Walmart for $11.10 yeah. for the 10% tariff on the product. And then Walmart's going to turn around and sell it to you for 
1265. Yeah. So now you're paying 15 cents more. Extremely simple example there, but that's exactly how it happens. Right. So imagine if you do that with things that are, you know, whatever. Can I? $20, $50. It's just going to keep going higher and higher. You pay the tax. That's it. No one else. I can't. I hadn't thought about this until you said it, but the win on the tariffs, the the Mexico thing, it's actually, if you think about it, we've um, we've succeeded in getting another government to imprison their civilians that are trying to flee because their country is so corrupt and impoverished that they have no other options. So our we've we've succeeded. Our success is that we are getting that government to uh, arrest and imprison their civilians that are trying to leave. Well, it's not just their civilians. It's the yeah. other Latin American countries. Yeah, anyone like else. Venezuela yeah. and Colombia. So, so is that a win, basically? Well. It depends on how you feel about people coming over the border, I guess. There's a crisis but at the border. Now. Definitely. Yeah, that's our biggest issue. That's the only issue. So who cares about $22 <laughs> trillion dollars in debt? Nope. It's, you know, debt has nothing to do with people coming across the border. So, it is the issue. <laughs> Don't talk about anything else. So <laughs> we will fund the wall. We will. <laughs> Mexico is going to pay for it. Yes. So, yeah. but uh, we're going to donate to this campaign so, <laughs> so we can pay for it. The actual stop, the actual stop Trump stop um, had to do with, uh, what was it? The, oh, the, um, the idea that, uh, Trump is, uh, Seriously considering, this was from Bloomberg, I believe, uh, Trump is seriously considering banning uh, suppressors from being sold. Oh, God. So, I almost yeah. forgot about this. Yeah. So um, I got it, you know, got into some scuffles with some people on our page that were obviously making excuses for, oh, you don't really need suppressors. You can make those yourself if you want one anyway. And and uh, all these well, things, and if you do, it's illegal. Yeah, yeah you can go to you can you can go to prison for making one, right? Because uh, they're banned, by the way, so you can't. Um, so well, the, well, first of all, he's already banned bump stocks. Yeah. Now I don't have any Mm-mm. that I know of. If I did have one, I lost you it. Don't have anyone that anyone knows of, right? So, but he already banned those, and people are like, "Well, you don't really need a bump stock." That's the same argument liberals have been making forever. Well. You don't need a 30 round magazine yeah. or, you know, you don't need a gun that shoots 2,500 feet per second. Well, this one guy's argument was, well, it's not infringing, infringing on your right to bear arms because you can still buy guns. And if your argument is it's not really infringing on your right to defend yourself, uh, you can make that argument when you ban AR-15s. Hey, this isn't infringing on your right to defend yourself. You can still buy handguns. Right. You know, you can still buy. How is this infringing on your Second Amendment rights? You right. can still defend yourself with that gun that we're going to let you buy. Right. And then the, now they ban. They're going to ban all rifles. Yeah. They're like, well, you can still buy shotguns and handguns. Yeah. You can still defend yourself. Yeah. yeah. This, then, then they ban shotguns. They're like, well, you can still buy handguns. Mm-hmm. And yep. then they'll ban handguns and be like, well, then you can still buy crossbows. <laughs> it just keeps going. It just. It's a never-ending perpetual cycle, and this is the problem I have. Well, the biggest problem is there are people that believe in the benevolent dictator, right? We we almost called this segment King Trump. Yeah. Right, because because there, it's almost like Trump can do no wrong in their eyes because he's such a liberator. He's he's the guy that fights back. You know, he tells the truth, and we don't like people that tell the truth boldly. 
But at the same time, you don't, you have to look at things objectively. Yes. The, the Objectively. Yeah. I was thinking, is it objectively or subjectively? It's, it's objectively. Yeah. Because you have to take, you have to take policy where it stands, not who's implementing it. That's the biggest thing is because if, like, I guarantee you, if Obama tried any of this, banning bump stocks or trying to ban suppressors, and then the NRA and everyone, all, all you Republicans and conservatives would be up in arms, literally. Yeah. And figuratively. Yeah, for sure. You would, I mean, all of them will be, would be talking about how this is obviously an infringement on our second amendment rights. Obama, you know, whatever nicknames you want to call him, he's taking, going to take our guns and, and, uh, you know, it's time to time to join your, your local militia group and, uh, and, and get ready because uh, they're taking your guns, and but now Trump's doing it, and yeah, totally fine. Oh, oh, you don't need those. You don't need those anyway. Right? Not a big deal. No one needs those. It's uh, you. You guys would all be on your keyboards typing out "Oh bummer," yeah, and "No scama," <laughs> and <laughs> Dem- de- "Demon rats," "Demon rats," and st- yeah, "Demon yeah. rats," <laughs> trying to take our guns. Yep. But, yep. But when Trump does it, it's it's fine. It's so, no big deal. I had the conversation with a guy on our page because um, our page is mostly conservatives. We've got, uh, I would say like, um, I would say like ninety percent conservatives, and then like eight percent libertarians and two percent liberals, maybe on our page, some, something like At that. At least the ones that comment. Yeah, uh, and by ninety percent conservatives, I mean like Trump supporters. Like right. Anything he does, good, good to go. Um, and so I had this conversation and of course he, he, uh, responded with, well, you don't really, you don't really need those. This isn't infringing on your rights because you can still buy guns and those aren't really parts of guns. They're just accessories. And, and I was like, man, just, you know, and he, this guy was a, was a, um, retired Marine. Uh, and I got under his skin a little bit because I said, you know, it's, it's people like you that, uh, that have led us to where we are right now. You give an inch and then you give an inch and then you give an inch. And then all of a sudden, a hundred years later, we're miles away from what the constitution ever, ever was supposed to be. That's how we are right now. That's how we got to where we are because you always lose it. Just one little battle at a time. That's, that's how you lose it. And you do not need to give another inch, not one inch because it's your liberty. It's your right to buy whatever freaking product you want to buy for whatever reason you want to buy it as long as you're not hurting someone else so it's i i see no reason that a a a retired marine constitution loving conservative should be able to get on there and talk about how oh it's not a big deal you don't really need those anyway i don't care the executive branch is banning me from buying something that i want to buy that is not going to harm anyone at all unless I choose to harm someone with it, which you can do with anything, you know, you can do it with, with a set of knives that you buy from Cutco, you know, you can do Actually, it with your car. The UK is dealing with that. Right yeah. Now. It's so ridiculous. People are on knife killing sprees. Yeah. And, and so the, uh, the idea that somehow this is okay. I mean, just you're, you're a constitution loving conservative. Like tell me whether or not if Thomas, Jefferson was sitting right here with you right now. You think they would be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, executive branch, they can totally ban you from buying stuff like that." Totally. Yeah. yeah totally cool. Yeah. It's that's the problem. And you know, Trump isn't always going to be the president. He's 
one to five years. That's all we've got left with Trump. That's it. And then after that, all you're left with is the executive branch. That's it. So you have to make the decision of uh, how much power the executive branch is going to have at the end of that because you have no idea who the next president's going to be. And it's driving me nuts with conservatives right now because they're killing any any room to talk when there's a Democrat president. Any room on anything that you can you obviously cannot attack another another candidate's character anymore because Trump is the president. And then you can attack the executive overreach because you've been completely fine with it while while Trump was the president. So you don't care about executive overreach at all because that's the executive. It's not Trump. It's the executive branch. So you no longer care about the executive branch overstepping its powers. And there's no the the problem is there's just no room to criticize Democrats anymore. If you're a, a Trump supporting conservative that supports everything Trump does, you know, that there's just there's no room anymore and that's scary. Uh, because we're not always going to have a Republican president. Um, more than likely, we'll swing back to a Democrat. If it's not in a year, we'll do it in five years for sure. Um, and by then, who knows how much power the executive branch is going to have. It's not good. So I told this guy that um, we support Trump when when he does something good and we criticize him when he does something bad. Um, what we do is we we critique the executive branch as the executive branch should be critiqued by someone who believes in the founding principles of the constitution that's what we do and it does not matter who is in office at all because it's just an office and it's held by someone for 4 to 8 years and and that's it so critique the executive branch in the way that the constitution says you're supposed to and a lot of a lot of you out there is like, well, at least it's not Hillary. Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> like, would Hillary be worse than Trump? I don't know. I do, right now I don't know. Now I think Trump's done a lot of great things in rolling back regulations. He's he's definitely been better for business in that the cutting taxes part, but then he's also done a really bad job at not cutting any spending. Yeah, and a lot of that falls on Congress because Congress has the power of the purse, but. You know, Trump signs well, the bill. They're going to put forward what they think Trump's going to sign. I remember, I remember having this argument with somebody about Trump signing the bill, and it's like, you guys realize that, you know, Trump wasn't going to back down unless there were budget cuts, but then he signed the bill. It's that whole like, you know, do as I say, not as I do. It, it's the same principle. Yeah, you have to judge. You have to judge the merit of a person's actions. Yeah, not what they say, because people can say all kinds of things. You can say whatever you want. Depends on what you end up doing at the end of the day. Right, that's all that matters. What do your actions speak? And like Trump can say, "Well, I'm going to veto it. I'm not going to sign it," and then he signs it. Well, he didn't do anything he said he was going to do. He signed the spending bill. We're now running some of the largest deficits we've ever ran in the history of the United States, and it's not a Democrat spending all the money. Nope it's it's a Republican a. a you guys can't see my air quotes. It's a Republican. <laughs> and I, I have this conversation with people all the time. A lot of, a lot of them are just the same. Most of your Republicans and Democrats are all the same. They're all about big government spending all of your money on things that they care about and making sure that their own pockets get lined up. There's about maybe 10 people 
in Congress that that don't put up with that. And actually, like Rand Paul actually Probably gives less. Mo- Rand Paul actually gives money back. Yeah. Yeah. The, like if he doesn't spend his 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 budget on his office and stuff like that, he gives it back to the treasury. Like one of the only guys I know of. Yeah. Everybody else finds a way to spend the maximum amount. I'm betting uh, we'll have to look and see, but like I I bet Thomas Massey probably spends on their budget. Um, Justin Amash probably spends on their budget. You know, speaking of Amash, and I I brought this, uh, I I felt accomplished because. I was thinking this last week already, and I saw a news article about it. But the whole uh, the whole Amash thing and the uh, you know calling for impeachment, and then probably has a lot to do with him running for libertarian, uh, you know, for president. I would I I would assume um, from what I've seen that the writing was on the wall that he wasn't going to win the next election. Uh, so he is positioning to get into the libertarian party and be the new libertarian name that you know Gary Johnson's on there all the time. So you think so? Yeah, that's your prediction. I think that he's doing that, but no, the the. I other, think he could win again. I think he's got more support than people realize. I'm sure he district. does. I'm sure he does. Um, the thing that I actually see though is that I don't. I do not think that Justin Amash running as a Libertarian candidate would split votes off of Trump because I think, to me, if it's Trump versus Biden. Biden's going to win. Biden's going to get those blue collar working voters because he's a he's a stable figure. Uh he seems likable and trustable. Stable. He's fairly stable. You can count on him to be creepy at all times. Okay. You know? <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I'm just saying he's dependable. He's stably creepy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> his his instability is uh is predictable. So uh no. Um the uh so I think that the I really think that a lot of those states that went for Trump that didn't go for Hillary, uh, I think a lot of them will come out to vote for Biden. People who stayed home and didn't and didn't vote will come out to vote for Biden. I think Trump in this election is only going to get uh, the uh, the hardcore the MAGA people. I think I think that's who he's going to get. Uh, maybe a few. Maybe maybe a few past that, but I think you get the hardcore MAGA people. Uh, so I actually see. Uh, that uh, Amash, the kind of people that would vote for him on the libertarian ticket, are not people that are swaying back and forth between Trump or Biden, or you know maybe they were going to vote for Trump, but they'll vote for Amash instead. But I do see uh, some of the hardcore alt left voting for uh, Amash over Biden because they don't like Biden. He's too middle of the road, and I think Amash runs a libertarian presidency, talking about legalization of of drugs uh you know kind of an against the bailout campaign like ron paul did um he goes uh you know criminal justice reform all of these kinds of things that that some of the the people on the left would go for you know gary johnson got a lot of votes from people who probably were going to vote for bernie sanders instead but but sanders wasn't on the ticket um i actually think that justin amash splits more votes off of the Democratic Party than he does off of the Republican. Because I, I don't think the MAGA folks are going anywhere. I think this is going to be a really interesting election. Like, the last election was really interesting. I think this is... I think... I don't know. Maybe maybe everybody experiences, in this, experiences this in their lifetime. But I really think we're living in a really crazy age where every election is just going to keep getting, like, more and more controversial. Oh, yeah. And it's... 
And uh, I think people should pay attention to GoodMorningLiberty.us here and the Good Morning Liberty podcast because we're gonna we're gonna be doing a lot of coverage. Yeah, of this presidential stuff for you guys. Uh, if if I'll tell you right now, if, if Amash is on the Libertarian ticket, that's where my vote's going right now. Yeah, the between the twenty Democrats that have already announced and Trump. Maybe Bill Weld challenges Trump in the primary. I don't know if that's actually going to happen. It looks like he's not afraid to do it, uh, but Trump will probably still win the nomination. It's very hard to beat an incumbent. Um, but I, if Amash is on the Libertarian ticket, that's where my vote's going for sure. I'm a, I'm still actually a registered Republican. Yeah. Um. I. I here's the thing. I don't fit into a box. I, I registered as a Republican to vote in the primary. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I would say I, I come from a conservative background, but I've, as I age and, and get wiser, hopefully I, <laughs> I, I find myself not fitting in any sort of box. I'm not like a Republican or die or Democrat or die or libertarian or die. There's, there's a lot of things I agree with the Republicans on. There's a lot of things I agree with Democrats on. There's a lot of things I agree with libertarian. I'm probably closest to libertarian but there's still things I don't even agree with on the libertarian side because um, at the same time, I don't think the problems with our culture is purely political either. You know, there's there, I think there's more to it than just political. Definitely. But I believe in being politically active. I believe in people our age being politically active like this is this is going to be our country soon. And and. I mean, it already is, but we're going to be the majority. I think, I think young people already outnumber baby boomers. Yeah. Um, kids, what, 18, 18 to 24 or 18 to 30, something like that around that age. We already outnumber the baby boomers. So we could, you can, you can have a political voice, right? You can speak out against issues like we do. You can, you can look at things objectively and we can try to judge people on the merit of their action versus what they say and what party they belong to and all of that. We can actually do that and we can accomplish something for Liberty if we wanted to. Ooh, two biggest, uh, economic point real quick, two biggest age demographics. What do you think they are? Hmm. I would say f- how many years? What's the, like, uh, I would you, say like, like you just said 1824 on one of them and then, well, I would say, oh man, that's tough. I would say the biggest one still probably is is the the let's let's say fifty five to sixty five yeah. range. You say fifty plus, be yeah. pretty pretty big. It, it, so that's the biggest age demographic, right? The next biggest age demographic is the eighteen to to mid twenties. Yeah, mid-20s. just say eighteen to thirty. So those are the two biggest age demographics. So so we're kind of lonely out here as in our you, 30s. Yeah. As you move further into life, um, you tend to make more regardless of what you're regardless of what job you're in. The more the longer you're in the job, you make more. And the the earlier in the job you are, the the lower you will make. So it's a pretty quick economic uh, lesson here that typically the people who have been in a job the longest make the most, and the people who have had a job the shortest amount of time make the least. Now, we keep hearing about this uh, this big disparity between the rich and the poor, right? And and how, you know, the rich, the, the, that 
group just keeps getting richer and richer and the poor keep getting poorer and poorer, right? And the big, uh, big wage gap. We hear about that all the time. Most of that wage gap can be accounted for because the biggest age demographic is are people who are at the point in their lives where they make the most amount of money. That is where the highest amount of the population is. And then the second biggest part of the population is in the time in their lives where you make the least amount of money. So you actually have a lot that uh, you have a really heavy weight on people who are making the most uh, at the at any time in their lives, which is the older group. And then you have another really heavy weight on the people who are making the least, which is the young group, which can account for the wage gap itself. It's actually more to do with age than it is to do with what people are being paid. That's so. Well, that's that's hard to think about, though. Yeah, yeah. We well, we'll think about the 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 older people too. Not only do they make more, but they also have more in savings. They have more assets. Mm-hmm. More more things are invested. They have different streams of income. So, like, you can make money off your stocks and your pension and your job, and you know, even teachers that retire, they can go back and teach for another couple of years, and that's all. You can still get your retirement and you can get teaching money. You can draw 80% of your salary like Illinois politicians get to after they retire. Right. So pretty crazy little tidbit of information there for you. There for a while in Illinois, if you held public office, when you uh, left office, you you can still draw 80% of your salary for the rest of your life. Wow. Pretty nuts. Because you served even just two years. Yeah. Yeah. My dad was a... Pretty sure federal government you can do that too my dad was in office for uh two terms and he uh gets to draw a large percentage of his salary forever from when he worked yeah for the county for those two terms for this for the state yeah wow it doesn't uh, i'm pretty sure the federal government can do that too right don't they get their salary for life um, I don't know what the rules are on the federal I know it was the thing in Illinois that they passed uh, it was in effect for a uh, certain amount of years uh, back in the uh, you would say um, when Ryan was governor maybe Bilgojevich uh, in, in that time period and uh, they've since lowered that threshold to where uh, you're not making as much off your old salary uh, but anyway just oh, breaking news what's up I just got an alert the Justice Department agrees to turn over key Mueller evidence to White House. Key. I mean, to House. Key Mueller evidence. So, the, well, this is the unredacted. Okay. So, I wonder wonder what's going to come of that. How long are we going to keep talking about this whole Mueller investigation? Um, probably until the next person is president, yeah. I would say. Or impeachment happens. Yes. I yeah. think it'll just keep going forever. I mean, what do we, like, give me your initial thoughts, really, on Mueller. Um, I don't know him personally, but um, <laughs> never had coffee with him. Yeah, I don't know him that well. No, um, so they haven't brought forward any uh, evidence showing that there was uh, any collusion between Trump and the Russians. I think they had uh, clear evidence that the Russians did try to affect the election, but they did not have any evidence of the Trump campaign having anything to do with that. Kind of like America influences every other election. Yeah. Yeah. Around the world. It's just crazy. I mean, for a, for a one foreign government to try and influence another government's elections, we, we don't know anything about that. Do we, uh, the, so my initial reaction is, uh, you know, show me the evidence. They did a pretty long investigation into it. A couple of years worth. 
they did not come out with anything saying that they found uh, any for sure ties between the two. So I'm over it. I'm, re- I'm really over it for sure. What about you? Yeah, it's, I don't know. Maybe the redacted has something in it. Um, I think, you know, I think Congress deserves to look at it. Obviously those are the representatives of the people. I think people like Justin Amash that will actually read the entire thing and not just wait. Um, I think it's something to have a debate about an open debate about. I think Congress should actually debate it. Um, and that's what our representatives, that's what their job is, right? Because if the president has been misleading the public, I think that is an impeachable offense. Now, so far the evidence doesn't say that, but, and really I don't like the obstruction of justice charge because I think that's so stupid. Like yeah. you, you don't commit a crime yet. You make it difficult for the government to investigate you. Good. It's yeah. supposed to be hard. <laughs> like that's what the fourth amendment's all about. It's yeah. supposed to be hard to investigate you for anything. Now that doesn't mean we want people to get away with stuff, but what it means is that you have to look, you have to think about history here. Like back in the day, it was so easy for the King and his judges and all of this to like investigate you and literally pin anything against you. If he wanted you dead, it was, that was that easy. Like you can just, the judges got paid by the King. And if the King wanted you dead, you were dead. What the founders try to do is make it really difficult for something like that to happen. That's the whole presumption of innocence before guilt. And if you think about that historically, we've, it's, it's an unbelievable, like revolutionary idea. Because for the first time in history, literally America, the, for the first time in history, um, we actually accomplished innocent before guilt. Now they, now English common law, they tried to do that, but you know, the King always found a way around it by of course appointing his own judges and things like that. Whereas we, based on the constitution and everything that we have, it's very difficult for the government to investigate you and you don't have to say anything. That's the fifth amendment. You don't have to say any incriminated evidence against you. If somebody wants to interview you or interrogate you or whatever, it doesn't matter. Just, yeah, I don't have to say anything like literally nothing. You have to prove that I did something. And so this whole obstruction of justice thing, I think is completely asinine. And so, but, but I will say too, that if a sitting U S president is blatantly misleading the public and the public trust, I think that's also wrong. So you have to figure out what's the line there and look, a president can be impeached and not lose the office that happened with Clinton. You know, Congress impeached Clinton and went to the Senate. The Senate didn't confirm it. So he wasn't technically impeached because Congress is what the House of Representatives is what actually impeaches the president. The Senate has to confirm and remove that because what happens is Congress says the House of Representatives say this president has committed an impeachable offense. It goes to the Senate and the Senate, which are supposed to be your state representatives. That's changed a little bit with the 17th Amendment. We can talk about that another day. But what's supposed to happen is the Senate actually holds a trial and they try to figure out is the house of representatives correct? Is this person impeached? Should he be removed from office? Well, that didn't happen with Clinton. The Senate didn't confirm it. And so Clinton remained in office. He didn't get removed. That could happen to Trump. It's possible, but you have, I mean, even, you know, Nancy Pelosi, the, the Democrat leader there, the, the speaker of the house doesn't want to move forward right now, but maybe with new information, 
with some of the things that were redacted being released, which I think is in Trump's administration's best interest to do, not go, not fight a subpoena from the Congress. So I think it's definitely in their best interest to, to give the redacted information to Congress to investigate. Um, maybe something will come of that. Maybe it won't, but here's the thing. We won't know. We won't know until we're able to see it. Yeah. My, my guess, my assumption, my prediction is that the redacted version is, is just going to be a lot of, uh, language and, uh, character flaws in in Trump uh and some of the uh recordings they have or some of the uh you know they they've got some things he said like uh you know they're finished or they're you know dropping the f bomb things like that i think in the redacted version they'll find a lot more things like that that basically the Trump administration was wanting maybe it wasn't important to the investigation uh, maybe it wasn't important to the decision uh they were trying to keep those things out to try and help with trump's character a little bit um so my prediction is that it's actually just a lot of uh a lot of things that don't have anything to do with whether or not he's guilty or innocent uh it's just going to have to do with whether or not he is a good person uh so that's that's really all I, that's all i have to say about that I've got so, something else interesting. Yeah. Uh, John McAfee, however you say his name, <laughs> the the McAfee security yeah. that you get on every Windows device, scans for viruses and stuff. Well, it was named after a guy named John McAfee who's, who's probably crazy. Um, I don't say that lightly. If you get <clears throat> just like just read some of the stuff this guy writes, it's probably crazy, but he is a genius. He's really smart very wealthy. Um, he sent out some interesting tweets last night and today. And, uh, I want to read some of them for you. You can go to, uh, I think it's at official McAfee on Twitter. And, um, he starts by saying, I've collected files on corruption in governments for the first time. I'm naming names and specifics. I'll begin with a corrupt CIA agent and two, Bahamian officials. I think Bahamian is a Bahamas. Yeah. Uh, coming today, if I'm arrested or disappear, 31 plus terabytes of incriminating data will be released to the press. So he's on the run. Yeah. He's been on the run for a while. Um, I don't doubt that he probably has some corruption data. I mean, there's a lot of people in government that are corrupt. I mean, if you think about the Department of Defense missing a couple trillion dollars, they can't even account for it. That went into somebody's pocket. Um, it just didn't disappear. So uh, some other crazy things. He goes on and talks about the CIA agent. Um, his He gives his real name, what his code name was. Um, he's basically giving a warning, saying, if you capture me, I know all this dirt. Um, and then about an hour ago, he released a very interesting tweet. He said on Friday, I will release the names of 25 congressmen and five senators from both parties who are coming up for reelection in 2020 and who must be recalled. And if that fails booted out of office on election day, power corrupts and corruption is the enemy of freedom. I'm going to be very interested to see who he calls out. 
And I don't know if it's, any of it's going to be true. I don't yeah. know. Um, this is probably conspiracy theory, tinfoil hat to the max. But it's still interesting to see if any of what he releases is going to have any merit or hold water. Now, what if he gets banned from Twitter today? That would... That'd be pretty big. That'd be bad. Yeah. That, I think that would be bad on Twitter to do because then yep. all you're doing is feeding the conspiracy. Yep. You know, like, look, think about it like this. Whenever, whenever people tried to report that the NSA was collecting all of your data, the government literally lied to your face about it. Everybody thought you were a conspiracy nut job. James Clapper, the head of the NSA, who's never been arrested, who still is actually a consultant in the security industry, somehow he was the director of NSA, NSA. He was subpoenaed by Congress and was testifying in front of Congress. And he was asked if the NSA collected any information on American people. And he flat out said no. And it was later revealed that they do. And they still do. It's not just made metadata. They collect the actual messages. They can hear your phone calls. They can literally, why do you think they're building these giant data repository facilities? It's all information on you. And Snowden revealed all that through legit information and through legit press channel. There's a lot of stuff we still don't even know. And so I'm not one to, to put conspiracy theories on a pedestal, let's say, but I take everything at face value and then I try to analyze what's going on with it. And if something gets released, it's not worth just throwing your hands up and saying, oh, conspiracy theory. You actually have to kind of dig into it a little bit and see if it has, see if it holds weight, you know? And the whole thing is, is like, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, basically. It's a take, good rule. Right. Take the, take the things that have merit and use that information and take the things that don't and throw them out. That's, that's the, that's what you should do with information like this. Now, McAfee's might be crazy and maybe he's just trying to get away with stuff. Who knows? But I'm going to be really interested to see what happens. That's for sure. So moral of the story is you would go back to Hitler or Stalin. I've never got the answer on that. I already said both. Both. Of I them. can choose both. That's pretty good. It's a good and answer. And I don't know if I'd kill him. Yeah. I don't really believe in murder. Would you try to raise them? Mm. Like kidnap them and try to raise them differently? I, d- I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I don't I don't know if anything would change. Yeah, like, I was I was thinking like honestly, it's the idea really, and not really just those guys. I mean, really should we know? take out Marx? Like I mean, Karl Marx would yeah. that might be better? Possibly. You know, I, it's <sighs> Should we stop World War World War One? You know, so German Germany wouldn't be in the position have, it was in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of things. Like, should we stop Jesus from being crucified? It's kind of part of the plan, wasn't it? I I think it was right. Hmm. So so it's like, I don't know. It's a tough question to say. Well, very. It's a deep philosophical question. <laughs> yeah. That, and I don't think there's a right answer. I want people out there to tell us what they would do. Okay. How, right. do, they, how do they do that? Well, they can find us on uh, Instagram at Good Morning Liberty. They can go to our website, theburnielies.com. Uh, they can uh, go to goodmorningliberty.us. They can go to our Facebook page, Good Morning Liberty. Uh, they can 
uh, email us if they want to send a, a direct message to either Charlie at GoodMorningLiberty.us or Nate at GoodMorningLiberty.us. Can I can I send a twit? Yeah, you can twit, twit back and forth if yeah. you want to. So you can twit at Good AM Liberty because uh, Good Morning Liberty is too long. Um, good AM Liberty. So uh, hit us up, do it. If you guys like the podcast, share it leave a review the the reviews the ratings and reviews are like one of the most important things for sure it is because the more uh legit uh apple or whatever your uh podcast uh host is that you use on your phone um they see you as more legitimate meaning you show up in more search results so right now we'd only show up if you search good morning liberty uh it would be nice to show up if you searched political news or something like that. That's going to take a lot of ratings and reviews before that That's happens. That's right. So, but leave us five stars if you think it's worth it. But yeah, or four if you if you yeah. think it's okay. Not three though. Not that's bad. Three's yeah. bad. Yeah. So, all right, man. Well, I'll talk to you later. I'll wrap it up. Yeah. You guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. <laughs>